Warning, the cases that I talk about here are under the assumption that the individuals that are accused allegedly committed these crimes unless they have been convicted in court for the, tri for the crimes that they have been charged with. This is by no means me making any kind of accusations whatsoever. I am simply commenting on news articles and stories that have been shared with me through individuals who may or may not have experienced these said stories. This is not fact. This is purely my opinion. Unless they have been through court and they have been convicted. Please understand that moving forward. Thank you. Trigger warning. The podcast you're about to listen to may contain sexual and violent acts committed against men, women, and children. If such acts offend you in any way, please do not listen any further. This podcast was made for an audience of 18 years and older and contains mature and explicit content. Also, this podcast may also contain a high level of profanity and explicit language. If such things offend you in any way, shape, or form, please do not listen to the podcast any further. This is your last trigger warning. If anything that I mentioned above offends you, please do not listen. Thank you. Hey everybody, this is Jeremy with the Manor Park Podcast. This podcast covers rape and pedophilia cases, as well as highlight organizations that make it their mission in this world to fight for children. I appreciate you clicking on to my podcast and listening to these episodes. I also have survivor interviews that I share as well, which can be very graphic and heavy. But it's much needed to be heard in this day and age. Because, like a lot of people, I myself was not aware of how troubling and how deep this issue really was. Until I started hearing survivors and listening to the heinous and horrific things they went through. So thank you for clicking on this podcast and listening to these stories. While I know they're deep and disturbing, we need to know what goes on with the victims and survivors and what they went through so that we can try to identify the problem and then we can figure out how to solve the problem. My podcast is not for the light of heart. It's not for the faint-hearted at all. It's not for anybody with a weak stomach. These stories will change you mentally. They will make you question your faith. They will make you wonder why is it that the systems that are in place do not protect children and do not give justice to survivors. And that's what I want it to do. I want it to make you think. I want it to make you go and be curious enough to do the research as well and to go out there and seek the answers and find the truth to all of this. Because somebody has to. I myself is just a man who was tired of seeing these babies being harmed. And from there, it grew. And I found out so many different traumas that I never knew existed. So thank you for joining me on this journey. Thank you for clicking on this episode. Thank you for supporting me. It does mean a lot, and it's much appreciated. And I'm glad to know that since I've started this journey, there are so many individuals out there that care about protecting children and helping survivors like I do. With that, here's the latest episode. Hey everybody, this is Jeremy with the Man Apart Podcast. This is going to be episode 66, titled, One Year with a Man Apart. So, when you when this episode drops, you're going to be hearing this on August 22nd, 2023. August 22nd, 2022 was the first day I hit record and started this podcast. I think it's only right to share with y'all what I've learned in a year's time being down this path of helping survivors hunting down pedophiles. And sharing the stories of those who went through some most heinous traumas. As well as how it all got started off. Because when I first started, I didn't like my first episode. Honestly, I, I, I had to do it a couple times. And, you know, it was just, nah. I re-listened to it. It was too cringy for me. So I took it out. But I wanted to give y'all 
some of some of the dominoes that fell into place for me, right? How all this started out was a bunch of different things that just one after the other, but the first one was when I got put on to Real Life Real Crime the podcast with Woody Overton, right? This was a former detective out here in Livingston Parish where I live at who was sharing his cop stories and talking about cases he worked on. That's what kicked it off. Is what made me want to hear these stories, right? And hearing it from his perspective and what he had to go through as a cop, it made me always wonder in the back of my mind, what are the victims up to now? Like, what are they doing? Where they're at in life? How are they doing? Did they ever heal from the traumatic things they went through? The ones that survived on the cases he did, especially the child rape, child molestation cases. I was always curious about what happened to those victims or as I call them now, survivors. And so it was a weird thing. Like I didn't even know about real life, real crime until I made a delivery at a trucking company in North Baton Rouge where I was getting a ticket signed and everything. And me and the, me and the lady that was, uh, the lady that was signing the ticket, she was, uh, we were having this conversation and we started talking about pedophiles and how bad it was. We started talking about Denny Perkins and then I think I made a statement or a question. It's like, you know, I really want to know what it's like for a cop to go through all this and what their perspective is on it. And that's when she said, well, hey, if you really want to know about it, there's a really good podcast you can listen to. And at first I was going, I don't really listen to podcasts. I've been on one, which I was on one. It was a local leaders podcast with Jim Chapman for my, you know, for my dog sitting, my dog boarding business and everything. Me and my wife run. And. You know, I I liked it and everything like that, but I I just didn't get into podcasts at the time when I did that episode. And she was going, well, no, you really need to hear this. This this guy can really tell a story. So I end up downloading Woody's app, which he actually has an app for his own podcast and everything. So I downloaded it. The first season was free. The first episode was about David Constance and Christina Constance. Now, David Constance was a very horrific, monstrous, heinous pedophile out here in Livingston Parish. He was also a truck driver. And as me being a truck driver, you know, it drew me in because I wanted to know about this story. Because I, I remember hearing about this story, but never knowing the real all the details and the facts and, the, and who worked the case. And to my surprise, Woody Overton worked that case. So from episode one on, I was hooked. And then... I end up, after the first season, I end up going and get you know getting access to the rest of the seasons on his app. And I binged every episode. I mean, you got to think, this was about three or four years worth of episodes. I binged them all within about a month, month and a half. And I, I just couldn't stop listening to it. During that time as well, hearing these stories... You also had, last summer, for a lot of you in Baton Rouge that remember, there was a lot of kids who were dying under DCFS care or their overwatch or or however you want to call it on their watch. Uh, There was a lot of stories of babies overdosing on fentanyl, which was horrific and sad and was just breaking my heart. Then there was kids who were getting raped while they were in the system, and those stories were breaking out, and it was just just breaking my heart even further and then you hear those stories and just something about that hearing how horrific these cases are seeing them still continuing on currently it just did something to me and so I was playing around with TikTok as well and I made a uh, Gary Ploche post and it got a lot of likes it got a lot of views and People was like, yeah, you know, like, man, fuck them pedophiles. You know, them people are sick fucks. And I'm like, wow, there's people that agree with me. And there's people that actually feel the same way I do about pedophiles. Then I started making more anti-pedophile content because I was like, you know what? I'm glad to see there's people that agree with what I agree with. And it grew from there. And then I started, people started sending me stories. And I just, I started deep diving into some of these stories and I started finding out some heinous, heinous shit. And then I've 
then the survivors would come on and and uh, in my algorithm and my feed, and I'd hear their stories. It just breaks your heart even further. And so, you keep having your heart broken. You keep seeing all these stories. You keep getting mad. You keep getting enraged. And it's like, what the fuck, man? Why isn't anybody doing anything about this shit? And what ended up happening was Ezekiel Harry. That story is what broke me. I mean, to the to the fullest possible extent. This was a two-year-old baby that got beat to death by his mama's boyfriend. This is actually my, now it's currently my first episode on my podcast. It's episode two, titled Why God, Why? Because this story made me question my faith. It made me question my faith in God completely. Whatever faith I had left at this point. And I, I just, I, I couldn't understand it, you know. How was this God's plan? <laughs> you know, the, the 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 infamous, ominous God's plan uh, situations they always talk about. I, I just, I couldn't understand a baby being beaten to death, being any part of God's plan at all. And why that would be a part of his bigger plan, I wouldn't know. Some might make the argument, because of what they've seen the last year of me doing, well, if that baby hadn't died, you wouldn't have gotten to action. And to that, I respond back with, I would trade all of this that I've done so that baby could live. That's how I feel. Because that baby didn't deserve that. Can you imagine your last moments on earth being beaten to death by your mom's boyfriend and she ain't doing shit? And then having to know, or let's say he didn't know, but let's say he, let's say Ezekiel did know that his mom then decided to go and put him in a duffel bag and then throw him away in a garbage can to try to cover up the crime. That was heinous. That's fucking sickening. And it's atrocious. You know, it's just an atrocity. My opinion. And I hope them two both get the death penalty. That's just my wholehearted, honest opinion. And you have a father, Ezekiel's father, who's been grieving. And, I mean... You go and you go on social media and look at his father and his and his wife and everything like that. You know, uh, Ezekiel's daddy's uh, or Ezekiel's stepmama and everything. It was a happy family. They had a lot of love, and so it just it was very heartbreaking for me. But once that story came across my eyes and I read it, I cried for about twenty minutes. I sobbed, and after that, I was still angry, and it bothered me it was like this all you're gonna do just listen to these stories listen to this podcast and just not say shit and not do really do shit not do something that's gonna be a be a positive change and i said fuck it i'll start a podcast i'll start talking about these sick fucks and letting the world know who they are and what they do and from there it just fucking grew I then ended up telling people about it like I told my wife about it then I told some friends about it I told people I knew that were survivors about it and they were all go for it do it you know see what happens then I had an ex-girlfriend of mine tell me are you going to have survivors on there I said if I can find them yeah and she goes, you know, I think that's really that that's really going to change how survivors view people. And I said, what do you mean by that? And she said, because I'm in this group that is with that's with sexual assault survivors, and a lot of people feel like normal people, people that that don't go through this, don't give a shit about us. And that broke my heart. Because I know there's got to be good people in this world that actually that are not victims or survivors of, of rape or pedophilia or sexual assault or domestic violence who actually care about those types of people. There's got to be. And thankfully, I was right to an extent. I, It breaks my heart and, and it hurts to say this, but there's a lot of people I can see on my social medias that, that are not survivors that just don't give a shit. Or it seems like they just don't give a fuck about survivors in general. Because if they did, I would see more people being involved 
and wanting to, you know, take up this cause. And yeah, it's it's dark. It's deep. This world, this trauma world that I'm in, it is a deep one. I'm not going to lie to any of y'all about that. It is very deep. And so I go and I start reaching out to people I knew that were survivors and I start just putting it out there. And then eventually my first TikTok account, because I went on TikTok because I, you know, I went back to TikTok because of the fact is, is that I heard a lot of pedophiles were on there. So I started making anti-pedophile content on my first channel. It almost got banned completely. So I ended up abandoning that channel, starting a new one, made an official one for a Man Apart podcast, right? And I just started doing episode drop videos and just other videos here and there and reaching out to people. And a lot of these interviews that you hear came from people off of TikTok. There's very few that haven't. Like uh, Lady D was my first interviewee. That was episode five and six. Amanda Henry, Mo David, Laura Smith. Those were not from TikTok. But then I think the rest of them are on except for Jasper Brock, the defense attorney I, that I interviewed. I think, yeah, those are the only ones that aren't from TikTok. The rest of those people I met on TikTok are a freaking Chinese app that used to originally be for lip-syncing music. You're finding survivors of rape and pedophilia on there and domestic violence and people who are basically grew a platform sharing their stories. It's an amazing thing. It really is. Because it's more than just stupid videos on there. There's some really good people out there that want to heal the world with their love. And there's people out there that want to share their stories so that it can help save a child. And that's what I love about it. It's, it's an amazing little program. It's an amazing little app. When you really think about it, at times... A lot of my pedophile hunting friends will know why why I said it like that because it's frustrating a lot of the other times too, though. You know, uh, one thing I learned about TikTok was is that it's a weird fucking app, though. I, how is it? Y'all and y'all tell me, and this is going to be another episode, I'm going to talk about it. But how is it that an app can allow convicted sex offenders, right, on their app, you have people that point that out to the app and to the to the people out there, and that video pointing it out, showing TikTok that, hey, this goes against your guidelines, your community guidelines, and your terms of service and everything, those videos can get taken down, but you can have videos of people basically showing off porn on there. I'm not even talking about child pornography or, or what they call CSAM, which stands for Child Sexual Abuse Material. I'm talking just like, I've seen, vi people People have sent me videos to prove that, and where like a woman's giving a fucking blowjob. And it's on the app, not even taken down. Like it's it's not on a private account or anything, That this was on a public fucking account. I'm like, how the fuck is this possible? And then they reported it, and there was no violations. Get riddle me that shit. So yeah. And I'm going to be doing an episode on that soon too. So y'all just be prepared for that one. But anyway. So we go through down TikTok's you know, rabbit hole. And I ended up meeting so many people on here that want to help survivors. Want to help protect children. Want to fight into this cause that, that's out there that a lot of people don't even realize is, is, is going on every day. And I've met people that I've just called family. Hey, I mean, let's start with the first one. Sabrina Young, my co-host, who I also called my sister. If it wasn't for John Ferry and Sabrina Young, I wouldn't know what the fuck the TTI was, which is the troubled teen industry. And how bad and how deep and just how wide open that thing is. Y'all, if y'all haven't listened to any of my TTI interviews, my Troubled Teen Industry interviews, I please go back and listen to them. So y'all can get a reference of what I'm talking about. The first interview, the first Troubled Teen Industry 
interview I think I did was actually Sabrina's. And that was almost three hours long. And I mean, I've interviewed multiple, I mean, at least almost, what, eight people by now that's from the Trouble Teen industry? Different, you know, different decades and, and ways, of, you know, walks of life as well. I mean, it's been going on for a long time, y'all. But I got to meet Sabrina just through TikTok. I saw one of her videos a week after I saw John Ferries, and I reached out to her, just like I reached out to John. And I said, hey, you know, um, I just learned about this and everything, and I'm doing a podcast. You ever think you want to come on there and uh, share your experiences? And she was like, yeah, of course. And that was it. I mean, we started talking on the phone to each other, and I, you know, I got to find out about her life what you know what she believes in and and what she's about and what she's passionate for and you know that she's married with you know with two beautiful children and that she you know she just has this light that shines and it's just amazing person and over time our friendship develops and develops into like a sibling ship you know develops as family and she eventually reaches out to me one day and says, you know, Jeremy, I see that you, you know, that you, I listened to a couple of these interviews you've done, trouble team, you know, industry people. Do you think maybe I can come on and, and just kind of help you out a little bit? I said, yeah, I'd love it. And then we start doing trouble teen industry interviews. And then we end up start doing other interviews together as well. Because I wanted her on there. Because I, I loved her insight and I loved when she does chime in. And, shares what she wants to share and everything like that because she you know she's got a good personality and i'm grateful to have her on there with me so it's been a wild ride with that right so that was sabrina i got to meet then i got to meet sunny and heidi and gabby who are people i i, I talked to on off this app and on the app as well and y'all know who gabby is because she, She's the founder of the Wolf Project, which is an organization that creates bait accounts to gather evidence, send it off to uh, law enforcement to get convictions on online predators. You know, a worthwhile initiative. And when I first heard about it, I was all for it because at least, you know, look, I'm all about putting a you know pedophile on a wood chipper feet first. I mean, flat out, you know, I don't let me say that hypothetically. That's what I'm about. Right. Hypothetically, I'm about putting a pedophile wood chipper in Minecraft. Wink, wink. So, but if I can find somebody that's actually about, you know, trying to do it legally, trying to do it lawfully, and they can actually get real convictions and get real sentencing done, then fine. Let's go that route if we can do it. And I don't mind, you know, helping boost somebody's organization like that. And, and talking about it and sharing it with people because people need to know about stuff like that because there's some people in this world that have the time to be able to dedicate to that and I'm going to tell you it's a deep dark world you go in when you go and try to uh, you know you find these sick fucks out there that are wanting to get little girls or little boys to meet up with them for sex and everything it they're just sickening I've also interviewed you know Beth McCormick out here in Livingston Parish, if y'all don't know who that is, that's a lady who runs Mighty Moms, which it's an organization that helps helps feed kids out here in Livingston Parish. Now, because of her organization, all the kids in the Livingston Parish school districts, uh, they're able to get fed. You know, so even the even the kids whose parents are poor, they're able to ha they're able to get fed and everything. At least have you know food in their stomachs during school and. When they go home on the weekends, they get what they call like a tummy pack, which is some food. It's enough food. It's it's enough food to last them the whole weekend, and it's a bunch of non-perishable items. Maybe not the healthiest options, but it's to keep them alive, to keep them going. You know, and so I love I love when people do things like that. And I even made a TikTok video about it. Uh, I think yesterday or the day before of this oil of this recording the day before yesterday. So when y'all hear this, y'all can go back and look. It's not too far down the uh, down my playlist. Uh, and I've interviewed so many different survivors. 
uh, also Amy from We Want the Names recently just dropped. The last two episodes I just did before this one. You know, a woman that's just passionate about holding those that are in higher power accountable and doing away with all this corruption of trying to, uh, these sick fucks not, you know, not going to jail or not going to prison because, you know, they think they're above the law and everything. And on top of it, trying to find out what happened to those 85,000 missing kids, at, you know, at the border or the, or the 500,000 missing kids from foster care. You know, that's a big, important thing. And talk about different traumas I learned, y'all. I learned about CPS trauma. I learned about adoption trauma. I learned about corruption from CPS and DCFS and all, all these other or, or agencies and organizations that are supposed to be protecting kids. I did not know just how bad that problem was until I started seeing the stories of it and, and talking to people about it and just how wild CPS can be. You know, they can take your kid just based on an on a on an anonymous rumored accusation. And they normally will do it because they're incentivized to take kids out of homes. Because that's how they get their funding. Like it's not ad it's not yeah, it, I mean, they're using our tax dollars, but it's like a commission type deal. The more kids they get out of homes and everything, the more money CPS gets. And then there's even been cases where people get paid in bonuses for how many kids they get taken out of a house. There's stories of, of I mean, hell, there was, a, there was actual video evidence of a CPS worker last year in Atlanta who told a 14-year-old girl that if she was hungry, she needs to go sell her ass on the street, start hooking. I mean, this is real shit, y'all. This is where y'all got to open your eyes up and realize that uh, this world ain't, you know, sunshine and rainbows. All right. These systems that are in place that y'all think are protecting children, they're really not. And I'm doing my damnedest to make sure, you know, y'all hear it and all these other people are doing their damnedest too. And they're constantly getting shut down. Sometimes by the same system they're fighting. The same corrupt system. Because they don't want nobody fucking with their money. I mean, it, it's it's been a wild ride with all this. On top of it, you know, I tell people to use their voice all the time. And I'm glad I do. Here's why I tell y'all this, though. In this year alone, there's been at least 24 people that haven't committed suicide because of my content. That I do on TikTok or and on this podcast. 24 people y'all. Have decided to stay on this earth. Just a little bit longer. Because of my voice. Can y'all imagine that? Because I, I was fucking shocked. When I went back and counted all of it. And what made me want to count it all back. Was when I had like five people in one week. Talk about they was going to commit suicide. But they changed their mind because of a video I did or they listened to one of my podcast episodes. And it's just like, what the fuck? It's a surreal feeling. I ain't going to lie to none of y'all. It's a very surreal feeling. And I didn't realize how surreal that really was. And just blown away. Completely so. But that's why I tell people, use your voices. Because it does matter. And it is important. You know, I... Man, there's just so many things I've learned in this year. And I just... I could probably make a whole series of it. Just what I've learned with people. But I'll tell any of y'all this, though. It's just so important to use your voice. Because you don't know who's going to listen to you. You know, we can judge ourselves all we want. Like I've judged myself harshly. I didn't think I'd have this kind of influence on anybody. I didn't think I'd have the influence to... To save 24 lives in this world. I didn't think that multiple people... Wanted to become like survivor advocates, right? Like wanted to become advocates because of me. 
I didn't think that a young lady would leave a domestic violence situation because of my content on TikTok and my podcast she listened to. It gave her courage. I mean, what the fuck? See, for those of y'all that are curious, I don't make a lot of money with this podcast. I don't make hardly any money. I haven't made jack shit with this podcast. But I'll tell you what, though. I feel a lot richer in this last year than I ever had my entire life. Because my riches don't, they don't mean financial riches. I'm rich in like love. I'm rich in purpose and a meaning in life. To me, that's more powerful. You know, three years ago, I tried to kill myself. I pulled the trigger and the the gun didn't go off. Just click. It was a bad primer on the bullet. And I spent two years of my life fucking wandering, aimless, not knowing what the hell to do in life. And I just happened to, just all these domino pieces fell in. And I found for the first time in my life real meaning. And real purpose. Like. And I'm not trying to. Say like. You know my wife doesn't give me meaning. Or anything like that. Or my business didn't give me meaning. It just. it's a, It hits you a whole lot differently. When you do something. That. It's not for. Any type of, type of monetary gain. Or trying to please another person in life you're just doing it because you know it's the right thing to do and you want to do it and it's what's needed because you don't see anybody else doing it it's a whole different ballpark and a whole different feeling y'all and I'll tell y'all like this it just it amazes me the just the resilience and the dedication that survivors have. It really does. I I just and the love that they give is so deep and meaningful. And it's not like it's it's not like this romantic love, you know, it's like a a love of kindred spirits. A family. Like a family you never had. And it's just a, it's a touching thing because it's, I can't describe it, you know, and, and how these people have healed and how they talk about their scars and it inspires other to, others to hear, to heal, to hear, to heal, just it's really something it's simply amazing that's all I can say and for all you survivors out there I love you truly and deeply because you're my heroes there's so many heroes I've met in my life just in this year alone because I just I'm just in awe of y'all I really am. And I love y'all immensely. You know, uh, it's it's just a, like I said, it's a surreal feeling. Some of y'all will never be able to experience that in your lives. And that, to me, breaks my heart. Because... To find purpose and meaning in this world beyond a job, beyond a marriage, beyond, you know, a faith or religion and everything like that. You know, it's a, it's an indescribable feeling. And I found that in life. And I gotta say, it's a life worthwhile living. It's a life worthy of, of obsession and dedication to Because it's a life that changes others. 
It's a life that inspires others. And I wouldn't have it any other way. Oh. Got a little deep, didn't we, y'all? Got a little heavy there, didn't we? That's fine. Because sometimes it gets deep and sometimes it gets heavy, baby. And you know what? Let it roll. I will say there's been some good moments in all of this, too. A lot of good moments. Because there's so much love. And people have asked me, you know, were there any episodes or interviews that I've done that I just can't re-listen to? And I tell them, yes, there are. The first one, there's two of them that come to my mind. The two biggest ones. And that's uh, Amanda Henry and Mo David's interviews. Those are hard to re-listen to. That's episode 10 and episode 17 on my podcast. Those are the hardest ones for me to re-listen to. And to Amanda and Mo, I wasn't ready to interview y'all like I thought I was. I'm glad I did. I felt honored that I did. I was nowhere near the level that I'm at now to be able to handle that kind of story. But I'm still grateful and thankful that y'all allowed me to interview y'all too. And another thing too, thinking of their story makes me think of other people's stories as well. There's some people that are locked up in this country for some heinous reasons. And I don't mean heinous for what they did. I mean heinous because of the justice system. So let me tell you all a few different ones. And there's some some have happy endings, are going to have happy endings, some don't. Let's start with the happy ones first. Or the happy one that I know of. Jason Vokovich, a.k.a. the Alaskan Avenger. Jason recently got granted parole. And he isn't out yet. But when he gets out, he's going to have full-time employment with a guy named J.D. DeLay, who's an addiction recovery coach. And uh, he used to be a pedophile hunter. And he's very anti-pedophile and very much into working out and fitness and everything as well. Also, his big thing is addiction recovery. He's giving that man a job. You know, J.D.'s giving Jason a job. so And it's going to be helping him out getting back to the, to the real world. So for that, J.D., I thank you. If you ever get a chance to hear this or if somebody takes this audio clip and gives it to him, let him know from the bottom of my heart. Thank you. Uh, James Fairbanks, which is who uh, Amanda and Monica, or Mo David, is connected to. He ended up, in self-defense, killing uh, Matteo Condolucci, which was the man that abused Amanda, which was his daughter, and also abused Mo, which was his niece for many years as children and it was fucked up and this guy had 52 victims in his lifetime that they could count five of these victims y'all five of these survivors have are no longer on this earth because they either killed themselves or they overdosed from the you know from being addicted to drugs from the trauma that they endured in life so I hope Matteo Condolucci is burning in hell right now I hope he's getting all his just desserts. Fuck him. But James Fairbanks, though, because a prosecutor, I think it was either the prosecutor or she was a judge, Brenda, Brenda Beetle was her name. She decided she wanted to make uh, James Fairbanks an example against vigilante justice. So she pushed for him to get the uh, the, the ultimate sentence. The longest sentence, I think, which was 40 to 70 years uh, and everything. They didn't give him life, but they gave him 40 to 70 years. I mean, fuck, you know, they just pretty much fucked that man. And it, it just, it, it pissed me the fuck off. Uh, wherever you're at, Brenda Beetle, uh, fuck you. Um, I hope that your crotch itches every fucking day and that uh, you can't scratch at, motherfucker. 
and worse shit as well. But we can start with itchy crotches, I guess. That man did not deserve to be put in prison for that amount of time, and you fucking know it, and you're an asshole for doing it. Sorry, y'all. Sometimes that anger and that rage gets out, right? Just a little bit. Seeps out just a little bit. Also, so besides James Fairbanks, Cain Velasquez, you know, the UFC fighter, he's locked the fuck up. Because he tried to kill the man that molested, I think, molested his child like over a hundred times. And the fact that they're trying to lock him up and put him away for attempted murder is bullshit in my opinion. Because in all honesty, I mean, any father would have done the same damn thing. Given the circumstances of how of a much of a high stress situation that was. And the fact that this dude sat there and molested his fucking daughter and everything like that. There was more to the story on that, but yeah, Cain Velasquez, he's locked up. Another person that's locked up is uh, Crystal Kaiser. If y'all know who Crystal Kaiser is, that's a young lady who was being sex trafficked, you know, pimped out and everything like that by, uh, I think, Randy Villard was his name. And she ended up eventually getting the opportunity to break away. Well, he tried to stop her, so she stabbed him, killed him. And then ran. They threw her ass in jail for life. This was a girl who was constantly and consistently being raped. And being pimped out. And she gets put in life in prison for trying to escape that shit. Because she ended up stabbing and killing the guy that was raping her and pimping her out. Uh, yeah. Scratch your heads on that one, y'all. And it's been going. And she's been in prison for years. I think it's been since 2019, 2020, somewhere around that time frame. Yeah. <sighs> Piper Lewis. That's another one that's in prison right now. Uh, she was all same situation. She was being uh, pimped out and uh, trafficked and exploited. And she ended up stabbing a guy that raped her and killed him. And the family wanted her to be locked up and shit. Well, maybe you shouldn't have a bunch of rapey ass fucking family members. You know, don't go around raping little girls and everything like that and pimping them out and everything and you won't get stabbed. It's a very low chance of you getting stabbed if you don't rape and pimp out little girls. You know, but if you do, you get a very high chance of being stabbed, so fuck them. And then I think there was another one as well, uh, Centoya Brown. And she was in a, another, another situation like that. Then you got Christopher Bennett. Now, this one was a really interesting story. Christopher Bennett got charged with 1,800 years in prison for three charges. They gave him 600 years for three fucking charges, basically. One was for breaking and entering, one was for theft, and one was for murder. What was the murder? And who did he kill? Well, he killed a stepfather who was raping his sister. And the DA... Because they were all buddy buddies over there in that county and everything. Uh, they decided to give Christopher 1,800 years in prison. They told him that if he didn't take the take the plea deal and go for life in prison, that uh, his mother would, would, uh, would have to bury another son in this life before she died. And he didn't want to put his mother through all that shit. So he took the plea deal. And he's been in prison for 20 fucking years. 20 years, man. 20 years of his life since he was 18 years old. What the fuck, y'all? What What in the chicken fried fuck? 20 years in prison for that shit? It just pisses me off to no end. So yeah, there's been, those are, those are a couple stories that I know of in fights that I want to bring out and everything and put more attention on. Because those people deserve to be freed. My honest opinion. Just flat out. And uh, oh yeah. Add Levi Axtell to that list as well. Y'all don't know who Levi Axtell is. Recently uh, this year in 2023. He uh, ended up killing a pedophile. A registered sex offender. With a fucking moose antler. Yeah. Uh, the guy kept fucking stalking his daughter. At her daycare and shit. And he tried to put a restraining order on him a couple of years prior when she was really young. When she was an infant. 
and now that she's a little bit of a uh you know like just an old toddler or out of toddler you know young child's age this guy came back to stalking her her again and everything so he ended up fucking killing the dude um you know don't fuck it don't fuck kids you know don't rape children don't touch children and don't go stalking children and shit like this won't happen to you it's real fucking simple pedophiles just don't seem to understand this fucking concept uh, if you leave kids alone don't follow them don't be creepy don't be stalking them don't be good online looking at them and shit like that you know you'd be all right nobody would nobody would mess with you then because nobody would know who you are and what you really want to do but if you continue to be a sick fuck, this is what happens to you. Because people are now just sick and tired of saying that, oh, the, the justice system is going to do something. When we're finding out it's not. Uh, not with all the early, you know, early releases, the uh, suspended sentences, the sweetheart deals, the, you know, the reentry programs they get involved with and everything. Nah, we're all tired of that shit. And yeah, there is sometimes they make justice. And everything like that in prison. But it ain't like it ain't as often as y'all think it is either though. Because I talk to inmates as well. It does happen. Heinous, specifically really big heinous cases. Yeah. Some that don't even make the news. Yeah. They'll, shit will happen. But for the most part. It's it's hit and miss. It depends on what, what facility they're at. It depends on if they're around, around a bunch of lifers or not. Right. That's how it usually works out. But yeah, I mean, he just, yeah, there's just a couple of stories right there off the bat. And it's just stuff you learn, you know. Oh, I forgot another one too, Shantiri Weems, the daycare owner who uh, ended up shooting her husband when she found out he was molesting kids at her daycare. And they made her take a fucking plea deal. And she's, I think, serving a couple of years in prison, I think two years in prison for the gun charge. Um, I didn't like that one at all. I think she should have just been at flat out freed and everything. Yeah, I'm very lenient with people who want to protect children or who go after people that, that went after their kids. I'm very lenient on those people because I, you know, why not? You know, just flat out. If they're going to keep suspending sentences of pedophiles and everything and letting people who rape kids out on bail, um, then I think that the parents should get easier treatment because they were law-abiding citizens who trusted the system that really ain't giving a shit about protecting their kids. Prove me fucking wrong. That's all I can tell you. That's all I can tell you. Anyway, enough about all that. So this year, right? It's been a hell of a year. It's been a wild-ass year. And I've learned a lot through other people's stories, through doing my own research, through conversations, through all these interviews, I've learned a lot of things. And I got to say, I can't wait to see what year two has to bring to me. Well, y'all, for those of you that listen to the end, I appreciate it. And I thank you dearly. A couple of things I'd like for you to do, if you don't mind. One, Please share this podcast. Just share it to your social medias. I'm not hard to find on different social medias. I'm on all of them. Now, will I be able to check all of them? No, but I'm on most of the major popular ones. If you don't know, um, obviously I'm on TikTok. For a lot of people that know me, they know me on TikTok as a Man Apart podcast. It's not hard to find. It's usually the first result that you'll find if you type a Man Apart podcast. Facebook, I have a Man Apart podcast Facebook group. Okay, I'm on there. You can find me very easily on there as well. I'm the only Jeremy in that group. Not too hard to find. Uh, I'm on Clapper, Twitter. I'm on Instagram. You can find now. I have an open. I have an open uh, profile on Instagram now. You can find me on there as well. And sometimes you'll see me doing video dumps of, you know, like uh, videos I got saved up and everything like that uh, that I take from TikTok. Put them on there. You know, but it's just another way to reach me. Uh, Twitter, 
or now X, I guess is what it's called. I think I'm on there still. I don't know. I haven't even checked that since in a while. Uh, I, I, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, I'm on those platforms. I don't think I'm on any other platforms as well. But look, just share them on, share this episode on, on, on your Facebook if you can at least. And another option as well. And it's totally, you know, voluntary. It's not necessary. I don't charge anybody for my content. But if you want to support the podcast, on the episode descriptions of every episode I do, there's a feature that you can support this podcast. It's one to five to ten dollars a month. Any one of those options, I don't care. And if you and if you pay me ten dollars a month, I'm very appreciative. I don't you know, if you pay me one dollar a month, I'm very appreciative. If you pay me five, I'm very appreciative. I'll just tell you that flat out from the bottom of my heart. Thank you. Um, but it's not mandatory or anything like that. And what it's gonna be used for is to help uh pay for marketing to prom- to promote this the to promote the videos, to promote the 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 ads that I make and everything like that for this podcast so it can be pushed out there into the algorithms even further so more people can listen to this message and listen to these stories. That's it. Um, and that's about all I have right now. So this is going to be dropped on a Tuesday on the one-year anniversary of a Man Apart podcast, and I'll still have a Friday episode for you as well, so be on the lookout for that. But I just wanted to tell y'all and um, just give y'all pretty much what it's been like for a year for me. I know I kind of went a little bit over the place here and there, but that's what happens. You know, I'm a little bit everywhere, right? My mind just always racing. But I will say I appreciate all the love. I appreciate all the support. I appreciate all the encouragement, the critiques, the criticisms, everything. I do. I, I appreciate all of it. Why? Because it's necessary, it's important. Feedback, feedback, feedback. I like it, I love it, I want more of it. So, letting y'all know that up front and out the, right out the gate. Alright? Look, y'all. Need y'all to remember this. Alright? Protect all children even if they're not your own. And that the bowmen see. And the bowmen never forget. Y'all be safe. Much love. We must carry on. <laughs>